Good morning, Bob. It's nice to be here, and we're so happy to welcome everybody to the Prairie Doc Radio. I know our friend Dr. Holm will be in soon. Uh, as most of you know, he his specialty is internal medicine. He's worked with the Avera Medical Group Brookings and has served as a clinical professor at the University of South Dakota Sanford School of Medicine. Fortunately, with Dr. Holm being a minute or two late, Dr. Jill Cruz is right on time. We're happy to have you. For those of you who don't know Dr. Cruz, she's a family medicine physician who also practices with the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Good to have you here, Dr. Cruz. Thanks for having me. Well, you've been a guest a few times now. And I've enjoyed it every time. It's been, uh, well, I just find all these doctors in the Brookings area to be a wealth of knowledge. And as I kidded Bob, I said, you know, if nobody shows up, neither one of us have too much to share, do we? I have something to share. Oh, you do? We know a birthday boy who's celebrating a birthday, whose who's age will be unannounced. But, Dr. Ed, we wish you a happy birthday. Oh, he'll be glad to hear that. Yes, my dear husband turned an amazing age yesterday. 50. Uh, did not. Yeah, 50 again and again and again. But he is, he is uh, very happy that he had no party, but he was showered with cards. And my goodness, did we have the cards. It was just amazing. The mailman just laughed because he handed him a bundle yesterday. With a holiday the day before, it really held up a lot of mail. So so happy birthday, Ed. We got through it. And we shouldn't have to talk about birthdays. What we can talk about today is what is happening, first of all, in South Dakota Public Television. As most of you know, because the Brookings Bobcats are in the championship, the high school football championships will take place Thursday and Friday, and they air all the program, all the games are on South Dakota Public Television. Because of that, Dr. Holmes and weekly program on call with the Prairie Doc will not air. However, if you do, um, I'm trying to think, it's YouTube, and I'm not sure exactly how they do it. You know, I'm old tech, not new tech, but they will be, li- oh, Facebook. They'll be live streaming on Facebook, Dr. Holm will be, a show about rheumatology and chronic pain. So if you really miss the guy and you have Facebook, you can go on the Prairie Doc Facebook page and you'll be able to see a live stream of a program that Dr. Holm did. He hosted it with Dr. Jennifer May of Rapid City Medical Center, and the two of them discussed the many levels of chronic pain from mild annoyance annoyance to disability. That's what they'll be talking about. I'll bet you see a fair share of chronic pain in your practice, Dr. Cruz. I do see a fair share of it, and it's a very difficult thing to work with with people because chronic meaning I can't take it away, and you know, it's learning about managing expectations and managing what we can optimize. And while we may not be able to take everything away, how can we keep someone functioning? And that's what our our biggest goal is. How can we keep them doing what they still love to do and what they want to do uh, instead of letting the pain control them? Um, how can we find ways to manage it? And how do you do that? <laughs> There's probably lots not of, a simple answer, it, but it, it's not a, a simple answer. It's not one thing by itself. It's usually a myriad of, of things that we do in, in concert. Um, basically, one trying to keep people active because we find that inactivity tends to make chronic pain worse, uh, sp- especially with people like fibromyalgia. Um, sitting and doing nothing can actually cause it to flare. Uh, and then we talk about usually our mainstay of treatment is the NSAIDs or the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory medications uh, such as ibuprofen or naproxen, um, Tylenol, which is not an NSAID but also a, a pain reliever we 
use a fair amount of time to help with this. Um, and also a lot of times we'll talk about physical therapy as a way of keeping people active and moving. Um, Avera does have a chronic pain program, uh, especially if there's back issues. We have the Avera Spine Center, which is really good about talking about uh, other things, about support groups and you know finding people, that community that you can uh, bond with to kind of talk about what are your struggles so you don't feel like you're so alone because isolation um, and depression makes pain worse because you know when you're feeling sad and down that can just increase your pain level so if you can find that community and people you can bond with uh, that are going through the same thing you are then that can help kind of bolster you and and help with these coping and we also like to talk about you know alternative options for pain control you know acupuncture massage um, hot baths, heat, ice, you know. So there's lots of things that we can do to help with pain. Um, as far as medication-wise, like I said, the NSAIDs are where we start. We do have some other pain medications such as um, the gabapentin or um, Neurontin or Lyrica, which is called pregabalin. All of those can be used for pain medications too um, for people with kind of chronic pain. Sometimes we also use antidepressants, um, because we know that a lot of those also, since they work in the brain, can work in kind of those pain centers of the brain. So multiple options, and it really has to be individualized and tailored for you and your pain, where it's at, what's aggravating it. So like I said, to say there's a one-size-fits-all, everyone takes you know 800 milligrams of ibuprofen three times a day is not going to cut it. You, you need to find out what can you do for your pain to help it get better. Well, it sounds as though if you're dealing with chronic pain, you don't, even though you can't cure the chronic pain, there are many ways to control it and put you in control instead of the pain in control. Right. And, you know, even things like uh, biofeedback where we've taught people to kind of how to visualize that pain and, and um, try to find that area to use your mind to um, deal with it. They did a very interesting study uh, through the VA with... Um, amputees who are having phantom limb pain. So that's going to be you know, a very chronic pain that's difficult to treat. And uh, they found that if they had them smell a certain scent before they took their pain medication, after a while, all they had to do is smell that scent and not take the meds. But it still triggered that same area in the brain that said, I know I'm going to start feeling better soon. And now they were using basically aromatherapy. That's amazing that yes. that would work. It, just so they would you know, do that and then take their strong pain medications or opioids, which we don't want to do long-term because we find that long-term they can cause more harm than good. Um, but short-term, you know, and they used it, pairing it with that smelling some aromatherapy scent and then paired them together and the brain got so used, kind of like Pavlov's dog, they heard the bell, salivated, oh. here, you smell this, take your pain med, and you know in a a couple minutes, you know, to a half hour, you're going to start feeling better. Now all they have to do is smell. Smell it. No pain pill. And no in pain. a couple minutes, you're, not, you're yeah. feeling better. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. It, well, it, there, that, there that are answers. Amazing. There are answers for it. While you were speaking, our good friend Dr. Holm appeared. Good to see you, Rick. Good How are you doing? I'm going oh, to switch this one right. for right. Jill. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I apologize for being late, and I have good excuse, but I'm not going to get into it. Okay. <laughs> but I will say this. Boy, you just covered, I mean, I listened to what you said. It was beautiful. It was well laid out, and the options are there. I mean, I think you want to do the first break, but then we can come back and talk about fibromyalgia. Well, that'd be great. We will take our first break. If you have any questions about uh, 
pain problems you're having or any other medical problem, give us a call at 692-1430. If you're out of the area, be sure to include the area code 605-692-1430, and we will return after these words. Vaping is a term for using an electronic or e-cigarette. There have recently been illness and death associated with vaping that is currently under study by the Center for Disease Control. Patients in this CDC investigation of vaping-related illnesses have reported symptoms such as cough, shortness of breath or chest pain, nausea, vomiting, or diarrhea, fatigue, fever, or abdominal pain. Some patients have reported that their symptoms developed over a few days, while others have reported that their symptoms developed over several weeks. A lung infection does not appear to be causing the symptoms. Anyone who uses an e-cigarette or vaping product should not buy these products off the street and should not modify or add any substances to these products that are not intended by the manufacturer. See a healthcare provider right away if you have symptoms like those reported in this outbreak. Brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. Joan Hogan here, and I'm so pleased to have Dr. Jill Cruz with me in the studio. And Dr. Holm, our Prairie Doc, has just arrived in the studio as well. Good to have both of you here. Well, okay, so um, our first question is about uh, fibromyalgia. So fibromyalgia is one of those things that became kind of popular 20 years ago. And um, I know of a rheumatologist who gets, his face all gets contorted and makes, he gets angry with that because he doesn't know what it is. I mean, he's not been able to define, I mean, there's a, there is a specific definition of fibromyalgia where if you squeeze parts of the body and so on and so, on and so forth, then you can call it fibromyalgia, but we don't know its cause, we don't know its treatment. And it's, it's another form of chronic pain. Jill, i throw that back at you. Yeah, I, I mean, fibromyalgia, I think, is a very, very difficult thing for any doctor to deal with because it's so uh, different in how it presents in each patient. You know, you've got just kind of this criteria of diagnosis. So there's not a, a um, lab test we can do or an imaging test we can do to say definitively this is what it is. It's kind of one of those diagnoses of exclusions where we've we've tested for everything else and we can't come up with a good name and you've got pain everywhere that we can't seem to get a finger on or solve so therefore it must be this. Fibromyalgia. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I mean I, I think uh, in reality uh, I mean I, the last thing I'm saying is that it doesn't occur. It isn't there. What I am saying is it's really difficult for people in our profession and what we have traditionally done and what we kind of do as a rule is pull out the prescription pad and write a prescription for some kind of pain medicine, which hasn't been uh, helpful and many times harmful. Uh, and in this era with 72,000 people dying every year of opioid overdose, we've got to look at it differently. Mm -hmm. And I think most doctors are doing that. And as Jill just mentioned, all the different, I love that aromatherapy, but yeah. all the different ideas for dealing with pain, whether it's chronic pain or arthritic pain, sometimes arthritis pain can be almost eliminated, can't it? Mm -hmm. Or well, right? And no. you know what, one of the things that you said, which I thought was really beautiful, now are you ready for this, Bob? Here it comes. 
the most important thing for people who have chronic pain is to be active, to stay active, <laughs> to get into a program of exercise that works for them. It's probably the most important tool. Uh, yeah. Would you agree with that? I would agree. That and community. I think community is important, that you have a group or someone that you can talk to about this and relate to the, about this. Um, isolation seems to be a big killer for people. And yeah. you can get spiral down into this depression because pain can cause depression. Depression can cause pain. And then yes. they just feed off there of each other. And if you're isolated by yourself, it's very easy to get caught up in that. Yes. So having a, a good relationship with your doctor, a good relationship with friends, a, a healthy social, instead of saying, oh, I, I hurt, so I just ball up in my room and, and don't talk to anybody or do anything. And that's, just lay there. It's just going to make it worse. It's just going to make it worse. Mm -hmm. Well, that's true with any depression, though. Oftentimes, people who are depressed become so much more isolated because they're depressed, even if it isn't pain. It's right. just depression mm -hmm. sets in. You isolate yourself. The depression gets worse. Mm -hmm. So here, here's the other thing that uh, has always interested me. Well, hasn't always. Just has re recently interested me, maybe in the last five years. So I was, write, I was reading about chronic pain and looking at where in the brain does it turn on when we're having pain. Acute pain, it turns on over here. Chronic pain, it turns on on a different spot. People who have an emotional loss, you know, a death in the family, um, divorce, uh, horrible losses in their emotional world same spot where the chronic pain is and uh it's not in that acute pain it's a totally different uh, world now of course um, i have seen people who had total knees and then didn't move like they were supposed to didn't rehab like they were supposed to didn't get going like they were supposed to and their <coughs> knee got more and more painful the function did not come back and it was a uh, net loss for them to have that surgery. And um, as you must ha have as well seen that kind of story. Mm -hmm. uh, so acute pain can turn into chronic pain and movement is, seems to be our very best tool, yes. response. Yes, and, and definitely we find that um, there's this facilitation pathway where people can get stuck in that pain cycle. And if we don't break that acute pain, and then all of a sudden it, it's just kind of stuck in this record loop that just this Keep. record that's skipping and the pain just signal keeps being sent to the brain <laughs> even though there's nothing triggering that acute pain at the end. So yes. if we can find a way to block that, that loop and that cycle, a lot of times we can help. But once that cycle started, it's very hard to stop. Yeah, yep. And I think while we're, while we're, while we're trying to find a, like you say, physical therapy or, or uh, chiropractic or some method to kind of get them out of the, the cycle that they're doing, an antidepressant and some counseling wouldn't hurt either because that's a consequence that only makes it worse. Exactly. Um, you're a doctor of osteopathy. Yes. So let's, let's explain that. What is the difference between an MD and a DO? And it's a perfect topic at this time when we're addressing mm -hmm. chronic pain. Well, I like to tell people the only difference is I had 500 additional hours of training in musculoskeletal <laughs> <laughs> issues and uh, manual treatment. So uh, 
basically treating, uh, it's kind of almost a blend of techniques that I've seen done by physical therapy, by massage therapy and chiropractors, all kind of blended together. There's, there's a lot of overlap between what the three of us all do and what I'm trained in doing. So I had to do everything you had to do in med school, plus more. <laughs> so I have this extra bag of tricks in my arsenal uh, that I can help with musculoskeletal pain. And um, actually, what I tend to do the most with my osteopathic uh, skills is actually for migraines, uh, using kind of that tension in the back of the neck that wraps up in the head and kind of starts triggering those migraines and those tension headaches. So I do a lot head to toe for joint pain and back pain and muscle pain and so headache, migraine headache, and headaches, more than yeah. more than uh, and a lot of it is musculoskeletal, don't you mm -hmm. think? Chronic headache. There's a lot of musculoskeletal. There, I could go into a whole lecture about cranial and uh, the cranial, cranial bones and, and cranial nerves issues uh, with the uh, manipulation that I do on the head. Um, but that's one of those you almost have to feel it. To <laughs> I, I always ha like having med students because I'm like I can't quite explain this to you. It's the closest thing I do to voodoo, but it works. <laughs> Yeah. Don't fight it if it works. Yeah, I was like, it, this yeah. would. This took several weeks of lectures in med school to explain. So uh, just enjoy the voodoo, and it, it'll work. For <laughs> and you. the patients yes. are always happy when they walk right. out. I do want to ask though, with when you mentioned migraine, mm -hmm. I've always, fortunately, never had migraines, but I do know people who've had it. My brother-in-law was just even at 18, he suffered terribly from them. Just had to go home and be in a dark room. Why do some people have it? Is it something in your brain that causes you to have migraines? Or maybe we don't know the actual cause. We're still working out theories. I know at one point we thought it was blood vessels spasming, like they'd clamp down and then they'd suddenly dilate and that would cause that. But I don't think we have a very good There's understanding. There's not really. No, you know, we, we had uh, Carol Miles uh, Nelson. Carol Nelson, who is a migraine expert, has been on my show a couple, three or four times on migraine headaches and it, it's always been a oh wow it's oh I didn't know that kind of experience for me usually I know what they're gonna say but I boy when Carol uh, Nelson's on that show uh, one of the things that she uh, brings out is the um, the causes we used to think are different now mm -hmm. and the other is uh, medicines often cause a re you have a rebound even with Tylenol you have a rebound uh, headache or a pain that comes back from so the medicines aren't always the answer no I mean, you get the rebound just from plain them. old Tylenol yeah. I mean mm -hmm. maybe there's less rebound from ibuprofen but ibuprofen will burn holes in your stomach take it from a guy who's trying to get past this I mean, I'm just back on chemo, you know. I'm gonna my hair. I'm gonna be bald again, Bob. You got a lot of hair now, though. Looks well, good. yeah, not it's the time. I mean, it's a, it's a, <laughs> who cares? Oh, whatever. You know, people say we don't love you for your hair. You know what I mean? I think that's the point. We all we all think about our what we look like and ah, no, we on don't that. worry about it. Who cares? Right. Well, but 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 the whole point I'm making is that I have had to delve into pain management for Rick, which is to lean on my my care providers, not to lean on my own opinion. And I have found that uh, I despise the opioids uh, because you, I, you can get in a cycle there where you can't get off of them. And, uh, you know, they're, they, they, they perpetuate the pain that you're trying to, to relieve yourself from. And can actually make it worse and cause hyperalgesia, so they can yeah. make more pain on their own. Correct. You know, and if your GI tract is part of your problem, they'll screw that up. 
you know, and I have found when I had a, when they reopened me, filleted me open one more time <laughs> to resect part of the liver, and I recovered from that after they took the epidural, I had no more, I took no more opioids. I controlled it with Tylenol and Advil. And it worked. And it worked. Okay. Well, we're going to take a break now. We hope all of you have enjoyed this discussion. If you have any questions, give us a call. And we'll, we will return following this informative message from the Avira Medical Group. Kids are back to school and the spread of germs are in full swing. Parents, please teach your child to wash their hands often and use hand sanitizer when they can't get to the sink. Show them how to cough into their sleeve. If your child has a fever, keep them home from school, offer fluids, and encourage rest. You can reach your primary care provider at the Avera Medical Group Brookings at 697-9500. Welcome back to Prairie Doc Radio. In the studio today is Dr. Rick Holm, our Prairie Doc, and along with him is Dr. Jill Cruz, who is uh, a general practice a physician. A hero. A hero. She's a she hero. She's a hero practicing as well as Dr. Holm at the Avira Medical Group Brookings. The reason we're talking about chronic pain today is we often talk about the program that Dr. Holm will have Thursday night with On Call with the Prairie Doc. However, this week, we are all going to watch the football playoffs. The, Brookings the High School, high school is in the playoffs. football playoffs so this week. So on Facebook, <laughs> we are uh, streaming a program on rheumatology and chronic pain. So we thought we could discuss it today as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's why we brought it up. So don't go looking for Dr. Holm tomorrow night because you'll just keep seeing football. And but, maybe you'll want to watch football. But that's we're recording okay. a show, actually. we have Oh, tomorrow. Okay. Yes, we have Lori Hintz, who is the head of uh, the Hospital and Nursing Home Association and or CM, the CEO or whatever that is. Okay. And then Victoria Walker, who is a physician in, uh, and the medical director of... Help me, Joan. I, I the don't nursing know. Home, I'm sorry. Big nursing home sy- oh, system that oh, was just purchased the by Sanford. Bethlehem or no? Good Sam. Good, Good Samaritan. Okay. And so she is. She is going to be on the show as well, and we're going to record a show that will be played in May. Oh, that, well, get it done now, and it'll be played in May. Let's hope it's a little warmer when it plays. Yes. Yes. I did. Thank goodness. I listen to Bob every once in a while in the <laughs> morning, and he did tell us the weather is warming up. So on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we're going to be in the 40s. Oh, my. That'll be a heat wave. Okay, back to today's discussion on chronic pain. And uh, earlier, Dr. Cruz mentioned NSAID as a a medicine, right? But I don't know. You didn't name any name brand. So those of us who have no medical background really didn't know what pills you were talking about. Like Aleve? Aleve, uh, ibuprofen. Um, naproxen, Advil. Advil. Okay, uh, that's what you meant by those mm-hmm. pains. And some things they help. But in the discussion since then, both of you have said they're harmful to your stomach. They may help a little bit, but you're better off trying to find other ways to overcome this chronic pain. Right, right, right. I, I think if the, you know, when I addressed the issue to my residents when I was on the faculty at Emory on treating chronic pain. And I went through all the literature, and at the time, what they said was, take your ibuprofen or your Tylenol or whatever pain medicine it is, and instead of doing it as needed, because 
you have to have the pain and so you use as needed and then you reward yourself for um, uh, taking the pill and then the pill encourages itself to be done. Instead, to schedule it, that you're gonna take the pain medicine four times a day whether you need it or not. Now, I've switched my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) I think the least amount of pills you can get by, the better. And if you really are in a corner, okay, take the pill. You know, but you try to not use it and go other alternatives. Now, what is your take on it? What do you think about that, Jill? I mean, there's a philosophy that I just... Yeah, it, it's really hard. It depends on the patient. Because I have some patients that are so stoic that they're not going to wait until their pain's a 10 out of 10. And then we're spending time catching up to the pain. And that's difficult. That's part of their old, <coughs> the old theory, too. Yep. Yeah. So I, I've had the, some people where I've had to schedule it because they're too stoic to to take it on their own and right. to take it on their own, and you know, uh, I don't want them suffering or someone in the nursing home where waiting for them to push a call light and then to get it, it's going to be a half hour to an hour right. later. Yeah. So with, so there's a schedule with, with those. I feel schedules appropriate. Yeah, I would agree. Otherwise, less is more. Yeah. The the less you need it, the less you take it, the better off. And now yeah. uh, let's talk about the the, the power of touch. Uh, one of the things that I have uh, believed in for chronic pain is in the nursing home in particular, caring for someone with chronic knee trouble or whatever it might be. Uh, I will take the smelliest topical uh, arthritis cream that has this odor that, I mean, here it is, that's that the aromatherapy the aroma, again. Yeah. Aroma. It, it hits a part of the brain yeah. that nothing quite <coughs> hits as powerfully. And you take Kramer Gizek, which is what we used in football. You remember that, Bob? <laughs> but there are other brands, and right now I think Aspercream is probably your yeah. easiest, cheapest, I mean, a generic Aspercream. And it has a good wintergreen smell to it, and you get people to rub it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you get your, your, um, your spouse to rub it in, or you get the nurse to rub it in, or whatever it might be in the area of that joint pain, uh, you get relief. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been p- promoting that in 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 my uh, people in long long term care yes. facilities. Well, never underestimate the power of touch. I mean, that's that has been one of the hardest things with uh, studying the uh, efficacy with DO and osteopathic manipulation is when they did sham manipulation. So they they literally just touched the patient. Even just touching the patient helped a lot. Helped. <laughs> so they had to have two controls where. One patient got true osteopathic treatment, one got fake treatment, and then one got no treatment. And the one that got fake treatment did a little bit better. The one that got osteopathic treatment got a lot better. And the one that had no touch didn't get better. Didn't get better. Yep. So touch is yeah. therapeutic in and of itself. Yeah. There's another study that I thought was very interesting. People who had bone-on-bone knees, half of them were forced to exercise. The other half were left to be on the couch. And the exercisers, of course, did much better. I don't understand that. You know, I do know it works, but it's, it's sort of like we know radio works, but I could never get the Explain airwaves that. going on my own. <laughs> and the same, you know, I have pain with my knees and yeah. my hips. Yeah. And if I walk a lot, the pain goes away. Why? Because I'm hurting myself walking, but I must not. I don't get it. It doesn't make sense to me Jill. that it works. It doesn't make sense. You don't get use it. it or lose it. I just uh, I use it or lose it, and that I'm I know sorry. your essay this week, <laughs> yeah. Rick, said use it or lose it, and exercise is so important. But I just don't understand why. Well, it with is, exercise, but it is. your um, brain will excrete those natural 
uh, pain relievers with no, that. that makes you sense. talk about the runner's high and the in release of endorphins, and you're basically your brain will make opioids itself to make you feel better. Ah, and I'm sometimes pain, my own. <laughs> pain is defined by what is pain anyway? I mean, it's it's every individual has a different. I mean, you can't tell another person. I mean, you can say the story kind of and explain it as well as you can, but really, I think it's very individual. However, one of the pains that people have is really, I think, stiffness. Mm -hmm. Just plain stiffness. I can't, if I get up to move, oh, ooh, ooh, I'm stiff. Once I get going, I'm better. And, um, and so uh, I think that, uh, you know, you, if you remain stiff and you don't move out of that stiffness, it will freeze you. Um, the other side of it is that, um, uh, if you uh, want a joint to work, uh, you've got to have muscles connected to ligaments and tendons that, uh, and cartilage and bone that will uh, move the joint. If you're not exercising that joint, um, that muscle is going to atrophy. And of course, if you get a person who's so uh, non-exercising, you know, so what is the word I'm looking for? So lethargic, sedentary, <laughs> sedentary, sedentary. Yeah, there you go. lethargic and sedentary. Mm -hmm. You get a person that sedentary, and you go, okay, well, you've got such crappy knees; it's bone on bone. You need to have a replacement. You put in a replacement, and there's no muscles and ligaments to tie anything to because they're so atrophied and wasted away. You can't move anyway. Uh, so I, I think the very the bottom line on all of this about joints is unless it's a hot inflamed rheumatoid joint or a lupus joint that's just hot uh, or gout, then we need then we need to keep them moving. Keep them moving. Okay. Well, this show has moved quite quickly. We're down to our last minute. And oh. we do hope all of you have enjoyed what? our Prairie Doc radio program. And we'll listen again for Prairie Doc brought to you by the Avera Medical Group Brookings. Please follow Prairie Doc on Facebook and YouTube for free and easy access to the entire Prairie Doc library. Thanks so much, Dr. Holm. That's all for today. Thank you, Joan, and thank you, Bob, and stay healthy out there, people.